Resourceful small business owners know how to get value from the purchases they already make for their businesses each month. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits and features like four times membership rewards points that automatically adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. So you earn more where your business spends the most, plus up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible business purchases at select shipping, food delivery, and retail subscription merchants. And with flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business and access to 24-7 support from a business card specialist, you can continue to run your business with confidence. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Enrollment required. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It's Saturday, August 19th, and we are using this weekend to give you a little snippet of an unbelievable interview that we were able to conduct with Dave Stahoviak. He is the founder of Coaching for Leaders, and uh, Dave appeared on our webinar recently in June. He's so great. He's so much fun to listen to, and he gives such important advice for people in the workplace. So I thought it would be cool for you guys to get a little nibble of what it's like to be part of Jill on Money Live. That is our subscription service. That's where you have access to quarterly live webinars like the one we conducted with Dave. And don't forget, our next one's coming up. Don't forget, it's the very exciting NFL teaser. That's right. We're going to have Nate Burleson join us on Wednesday, September 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. He's going to talk all about the NFL and, of course, his love of personal finance. But right now, let's turn our attention to Dave Stahoviak, and he helps us navigate this crazy world of working from home and dealing with a boss who really has some unreasonable demands sometimes. So here is a little bit of our conversation with Dave Stahoviak. I wonder if you could also take this from the, the viewpoint of the worker who feels like it is, you know, or, uh, you know, you're an executive, you're getting your work done. You have a boss who's like, no, now you have to come in because I said so. So can we talk about how to have more productive conversations around this if you're the one who's on the other end of that, de not demand, uh, of that policy? Yeah. I think it's a similar perspective, just from a different lens. It's going back to the big picture. What is my job description? What are the objectives for this role that the organization wants me to meet over whatever that time frame is, 90 days, six months, the next year, and starting with a conversation about that with one's manager and looking at past performance, track record, and objectives, and having that big picture conversation first and finding alignment there with your manager on that. And then 
the where am I working? What does the schedule look like? Again, I think becomes more of a tactical question. And if you find that as many people are, hey, my organization is pushing back on me and they want me to be in for four days a week and I want to be in for two days a week, you know, maybe you lay the groundwork then for that conversation for the future. And you say, okay, no problem. I get it. We're all trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Here's the objectives we both have. Here's what's important to us. Let's look at this in six months. And if I've met or exceeded these objectives, would you be open to us having a conversation about what schedule looks like tactically, assuming I'm continually meeting or exceeding the objectives? I think too often we think of these conversations as like a one and done. Yeah. Like I need to sit down and have a conversation with my boss and either they're going to say yes or no. And I think a lot of times we miss the opportunity to lay the groundwork for an ongoing conversation because Frankly, if I'm an executive or a business owner and someone is knocking it out of the park, I'm going to be way more flexible with how they work, their schedule, where it is, than I am with someone who's not achieving those results. So I think that for me, it always comes down and back to the business case. I have another interesting question that uh, just actually came up today from Mm -hmm. a colleague at work because I was, again, really touting the Dave interview. This guy said to me, what do you do? if your boss comes to you and offers you a job that is a promotion, but you really don't think it's the right job for you. This happened to me actually, Jill, toward the end of my Carnegie career. So, I mean, it's very relevant for just my own journey of like, I had a executive come to me and say, we'd really like you to take on this role. And my first thought was like, oh, no, I don't think so. I don't think this is the right role for me. So here's the way I handled it. And I'd also suggest for folks who are in a situation like this is start by looking at the role that's being proposed, the best you understand it, if it's written out and documented, even better. But to the best you understand it, get it down on paper. What do you think the job's really about? What are the four or five really key result areas that are part of this role and this position as you understand it in the best way you can? And you map those out and you get it down on paper. And then you take that and look at, okay, what is what are the skills that I need? I mean, you're essentially writing your own job description, which by the way, is a great thing for all of us to do anyway mm-hmm. on any of our roles is to map out like, what's my actual job? What are the results? What are the key skills that I need? And to your colleague, I'd invite them, Jill, like, go through that process, write that down, think about what are the skills that you need, and then to process that, and then go back to the person who's offering that position and say, hey, here's what I did. I went through and really thought about this from the lens of the organization. What does the organization need? And here's the skills I think this role needs. And here's how I think I line up or don't. Mm. And here's what I'm concerned about. And then having hopefully a conversation about like, okay, what does this look like? And I think that there's a lot to be said for all of us sometimes taking on a role that we're not entirely comfortable with. And I've had this happen in my career and like stepping in and be like, okay, I'm going to do my best. Also, everyone knowing that I'm going to be learning things as I go. But also sometimes you go through that whole process and there's a lot of things that don't line up. And that was my experience when I had this happen to me, Jill. I I wrote out like eight pages of like what I thought this job was. And six of the pages were like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm. I went back to my boss and said, like, I've written this out and here's what it looks like to me. Like, here's a whole chunk of this job that doesn't line up. And once I did that, 
he was like, oh, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that piece. And Uh. we figured it out. So there's just something powerful about getting things down on paper. And it takes a bit of the like initial emotion out of it, too. You end up looking at it a little more logically and you get you again are looking at it from the results, the business case. And I think that helps to have a place where you start that conversation. Well, I hope you like that. We're going to do another little taste of Dave tomorrow, where we're going to be talking a lot about work-life balance. Dave has a whole other way of thinking about that. So you'll have to tune in tomorrow for that. Meanwhile, if you've got a financial question, if you are trying to navigate some strange workplace issues, you're trying to figure out what to do next in your career or anything else in your financial life, go to our website, jillonmoney.com and click the contact us button. Don't forget to let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air live. Lift someone up, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Resourceful small business owners know how to get value from the purchases they already make for their businesses each month. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits and features like four times membership rewards points that automatically adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. So you earn more where your business spends the most, plus up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible business purchases at select shipping, food delivery, and retail subscription merchants. And with flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business and access to 24-7 support from a business card specialist, you can continue to run your business with confidence. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Enrollment required. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard.